Welcome to God's Truth. I'm Dr. D. Todd Harrison as we continue to teach and proclaim God's truth throughout all the world. We welcome you today to Come Follow Me as we look at the Come Follow Me curriculum for the Old Testament here in the year 2022. Next year we'll be looking at the great New Testament and study the life of the Savior Jesus Christ. But before we get to that point, we have another great lesson today in Isaiah. We're looking at Isaiah multiple weeks here. This is part two as we continue to see how the prophet Isaiah prophesied of Jesus Christ, testified of Jesus Christ, that he would come, he'd be born as a baby, that he would grow up, that he'd have a ministry among those in the Galilee area, the land of Naphtali and Zebulon. He testified that he would die for the sins of mankind. He testified that he'd be coming forward as a second coming. He testified of the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ in these, the latter days. Once again, today, we'll see a lot of those same themes once again here as we look at this week's lesson on uh, the book of Isaiah. And of that same Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I testify as one of his witnesses that he lives today. He sits enthroned in heavenly splendor and heavenly glory at the right hand of our Heavenly Father. He has a body of flesh and bones, as he said in Luke 24, handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye my apostles see that I have. Of him we testify of the living reality of the living Jesus Christ to everyone that will listen to this video in the coming years as this goes forward and reaches and touches the lives of many throughout the world. Let's look today at Isaiah. We're going to look at 13 and 14 to begin with chapter 13. Let's look at verse 1. The burden of Babylon, which Isaiah, the son of Amos, did see. huh? The burden of Babylon. We keep talking about how great Babylon is and how God's going to use him as his instrument to come destroy the kingdom of Judah in the southern kingdom. He's going to destroy it. How great and wonderful and mighty Babylon is. But we saw that nevertheless, even though that they are powerful and mighty, yet they are going to get the just recompense, the just reward of their own actions, though they will destroy the kingdom of Judah and lead them captive to Babylon. So they will in turn be destroyed by the Persians under Cyrus the Great, God's Messiah, as he says in Isaiah in the later chapter. There's only two people that God ever called his anointed Babylon. It's going to be a burden to you, Babylon. Even though you're going to destroy my people, destroy the temple, lead them away captive, ye shall be destroyed also. Therefore, the burden of Babylon, which Isaiah saw. Three through seven. I have commanded my sanctified ones. So Babylon or Babylonians are his sanctified one. I've also called my mighty ones for mine anger, even them that rejoice in my highness. The noise of a multitude in the mountains are going to come over the hills of Judea into Jerusalem. Like as a great people, a tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of nations gathered together. The Lord of hosts musters the host of the battle. He's calling the Babylonians together. He's going to lead the Babylonians in to destroy his own people for their rebellion and their refusal to obey his commands. They come from a far country over there in Babylon, from the end of heaven. Even the Lord and the weapons of his 
nation to destroy the whole land. How ye, how? For the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as a destruction from Almighty God. Therefore shall all hands be faint, and every man's heart shall melt. And just as the Babylonian destruction of Jerusalem uh, took place, and as it said here, that all hands were faint and every man's heart should melt, so shall it be in the second coming when the Lord comes with his mighty angels to destroy the wicked from off the face of the earth. How ye, oh, how ye, as it says here, for that day of the Lord is at hand. It will come as destruction from Almighty God. All hands shall be faint, every man's heart shall melt. In the book of Revelation, it describes the wicked hiding in rocks and in mountains and in valleys, trying to hide from the great glory of the Lord. Okay, 9 through 13. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, cruel, both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. All those not living a terrestrial kingdom law shall be destroyed. For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. Because remember, as we looked at last time, the earth will be going back to revolving around the star Kolob, right? Therefore, it will shoot by. That's why yeah, all these scriptures talking about the stars will fall from the heavens because for the people on the earth, it will appear as the stars are falling from the heavens as we go shooting right up past those uh, all those stars, right? And the uh, sun shall be darkened, right? The sun's going to be far away from where we are. We'll have a new sun, Kolob, right? And the moon shall not cause her light to shine, right? We see other scriptures talking about the moon turning to blood. I don't know if it blows up or what, but you know, whatever causes this great movement of the earth to shoot away from its present location in the in space, uh, you know, will make the earth it will make the moon appear to turn to blood, the sun darken, the the, the stars fall from the heavens, and I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity, and I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease, and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. I will make a man more precious than fine gold. We saw last time how in the last days after this great war in which a lot of men are going to be killed off, seven women will come to each man and say, look, as long as you're willing to marry us, you know, and raise, you know, give us children, we're willing to work with our own hands, eat our own food, and so forth. You know, just, you know, take this reproach from us, right? Because there'll be so few uh, men here. So the one man is more precious than fine gold. 13, therefore I will shake the heavens and the earth shall remove out of her place, going back to Kola, in the wrath of the Lord of hosts, and in the day of his fierce anger. And this also is going to cause the... The, uh, the great fire, that the earth will be baptized by fire. And as it says everywhere in the scriptures, all over the place, that the wicked will be burned as stubble, right? Is this the quick movement is going to basically light a fire and destroy all the wicked. Okay, so that's through 13. And now 15 through 16. Everyone that is found shall be thrust through. Remember that, that then... Then those who happen to survive the earth moving out of its place, 
Then Jesus descends on his white horse with the angels with a sword, and they just start thrusting through all the wicked, right? Very graphic. Now, again, this is the true Jesus Christ. This is the true God of the Bible. I know in today's society, they talk about, oh, Jesus so loving. Oh, he loves this wicked group, and he loves that wicked group, and he just forgives everybody and just allows wickedness, and everybody can do whatever they want because Jesus is just pure, pure love. Yes, Jesus is pure love. He's also pure vengeance, pure punishment, pure anger, pure wrath, all of these things. Pure uh, destroyer, destruction, judgments, all of these things too. He's a perfect God in all of these attributes, right? So he'd be coming here, thrusting them through. And everyone that is joined unto them shall fall by the sword. Their children also shall be dashed to pieces before their own eyes. Their houses shall be spoiled and their wives raped. Behold, I will stir up the meads against them, which shall not regard silver, and as for gold, they shall not delight in it. So just as the Judah was going to have these things suffer and, and uh, by the, the Babylonian army, so the wicked in the last days will also suffer likewise, and God will be behind it. God is causing all of this to happen. 18, their bows also shall dash the young men to pieces, and they shall have no pity on the fruit of the womb. Their eyes shall not even spare children. Okay, and now we have a prophecy of Babylon. In Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldees, excellence shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. They will never be rebuilt. He says it shall never be inhabited, neither shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation. Neither shall the Arabian pitch tent then, neither shall the shepherds make their fold there. Remember even uh, Saddam Hussein over there in Iraq, he started to try to rebuild Babylon, right? But what happened to Saddam Hussein, right? So God, again, the fulfillment of his prophecy prevented uh, that, uh, that, that person from from building this Babylon, right? It shall not be rebuilt, is God's promise here. Okay, chapter 14. Let's look at 1 through 3. We're going to get Satan coming up here in chapter 14. Let's look first at verse 1 through 3. For the Lord will have mercy on Jacob and will yet choose Israel. So even all these things will happen to them. God will still choose Jacob, still choose Israel in the last days. And set them in their own land. And that prophecy fulfilled. 1948. The, the Jewish state of uh, Israel came into uh, being once again. And the strangers shall be joined with them. They've had a lot of foreigners going seeking employment there in Israel. right? And they shall cleave to the house of Jacob. And the people shall take them. And bring them to their place. And the house of Israel shall possess them in the land of the Lord for servants and handmaids. All of them serving as men. It literally fulfilled the prophecy, right? A lot of them are going from poor countries to Israel, and they serve as maids uh, in, in the house and their servants. And they shall, and uh, and so fulfillment again, prophecy. Verse three, and it shall come to pass in the day that the Lord shall give thee rest from thy sorrow and from thy fear and from the hard bondage wherein thou was made to serve. Right after they suffered, after they suffered through a horrible Holocaust, being killed, uh, almost completely killed off. Uh, by the Nazis in Germany, 
uh, you know, the, they will they now are having that rest from sorrow and from fear and from the hard bondage. Okay, nine through twenty. Here we go. And so here we got the uh, uh, we got both two things here. We got King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon as a representation here of Satan. Uh, and what happens to uh, King Nebuchadnezzar is going to happen to Satan, right? So here, verse 9. When he dies, hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming, O Nebuchadnezzar. It stirreth up the dead for thee, even all the chief ones of the earth are waiting for you, right? It hath raised up from their thrones all the kings of nations, and they shall speak and say unto thee, Art thou also become weak as we? We feared you, Babylon. We feared you. We feared you, Satan, right? We feared you. Art thou become like unto us? Thy pomp is brought down to the grave. And the noise of thy vials, the worm is spread under thee, and the worms cover thee. So just as we saw, right, with... Uh, um, Saddam Hussein, when we captured Saddam Hussein, uh, you know, there was a video and the soldiers are, you know, shaving his face. And you're thinking, this is the one everybody was so scared of. He just looks like a normal man, right? So will it happen to Satan also. This is the man. We're going to get this coming up, right? And, and Nebuchadnezzar, right? Just the normal guy. Nebuchadnezzar, just the normal guy. Here we go, verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weakest the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart. Remember what, Jesus, what, uh, what Satan said, right? I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Uh, now remember, that's what Satan wanted, right? Satan said, well, God, your plan's no good. Are you going to lose a lot of people? I want to... Uh, uh, my plan is better than yours. I want you, God, to get off your throne. Let me sit on your throne. I will become God, not you. I, my plan is to force everybody. I'm going to rob their free agency. I'm going to force everybody to choose the good and reject the evil. But God based it all on giving people free agency or free will. And here it's talking about the mountain of the congregation in the sides of the north. We see all these scriptures in the Old Testament talking about this north seems to be some sort of uh, uh, some sort of uh, uh, portal uh, to go back and forth between heaven and the earth, something up there in the uh, north. So congregation in the sides of the north. And Satan said, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be as the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. They that see thee, Satan, shall narrowly look upon thee. And consider they saying, is this the man? He just looks like a normal guy. Is this the man that made the earth to tremble? That did shake kingdoms? That made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof? That opened not the house of his prisoners? Now watch this. How, look how they taunt and, and mock Satan here, right? All the kings of the nations, even all of them, lie in glory, everyone in his own house, his own tomb. They're all buried in pyramids and they're built in ziggurats and they're built in all these precious kinds of tombs and so forth. But you, Satan, don't even have that. 
because in the pre-existence you rejected God. Therefore, you were uh, denied having a body. You have no, you cannot make a tomb, a ziggurat, a temple to place your dead body. Even the kings are better than you because they can build these pyramids and lay their dead body, right? Says all the kings of the nations, even all of them lie in glory, everyone in his own house. But thou art, but thou art cast out of thy grave like an abominable branch. You're just the spirit. You will always be just the spirit. You shall never have a body. You are an abominable branch, Saint. And as the raiment of those that are slain, thrust through with a sword, that go down to the stones of the pit, as a carcass trod, trodden under feet, thou shalt not be joined with them in burial. He is a spirit. He will not die. He has no physical body that will die. Because thou hast destroyed thy first estate. Thou hast destroyed thy land. You have destroyed your body, right? You rejected the body. And slain thy people. And the seed of evildoers shall never be renowned. Prepare slaughter for his children for the iniquity of their fathers, that they did not rise nor possess the land nor fill the face of the world with cities. Okay, great. Now we'll move on to chapter 24, and we'll look at 5 and 6. Chapter 24 and verse 5 and 6. The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof, because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. So saying, look, the earth and the earth is spiritually sick because they've rejected God, they've rejected Jesus Christ, they rejected the fullness of the gospel, they've uh, only built up false forms of what they pretend to be Christianity, but it is not. It's... Uh, and they've, tra they've changed the ordinances of the gospel, right? They've rejected the temple. They've removed all the temple ordinances. Uh, they don't have the right to manner of baptism or uh, the uh, ordinance of washing of feet, uh, anointing. So all these things they've rejected in this apostasy that took place when the apostles were killed off the, uh, from the earth beginning in the first century A.D. Therefore have the curse devoureth the earth. And they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned and few men left. Verse 9. They shall not drink wine with a song. Strong drink shall be bitter to them that drink it. Again, talking about the word of wisdom and avoiding strong drink and drinking wine. I get this several times. We had this several times in Proverbs. We get this several times here in Isaiah 21 through 22. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall punish the host of the high ones that are on high and the kings of the earth upon the earth. Wicked kings who, uh, you know, did bad things and, uh, you know, and uh, failed to feed the hungry and uh, oppressed the widows. God will take vengeance against them. Right? And they shall be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit. And they shall be shut up in the prison. And after many days, they shall be visited. 
25, verse 1. Now, again, it's like Proverbs and stuff. We're cruising through Isaiah here. We're not looking at a lot of things, you know. So we, we again, want to welcome you to read the whole book of Isaiah to learn many things here. The curriculum only has chosen some, some chapters to look at as we're trying to cover the Old Testament the best we can uh, over the course of this year. Chapter 25, verse 1. O Lord, thou art my God, I will exalt thee, I will praise thy name, for thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. 8 through 9. He will swallow up death in victory as Jesus rose from the dead, and of him we testify to the world that he did raise from the dead, just as he said he would, just as the prophets, including Isaiah here, testified that he would. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces, and the rebuke of his people shall he take from off all the earth. For the Lord has spoken it. And it shall be said in that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him. It's been 2,000 years, people. Faithful saints of God continue to wait for him. We don't know when he's coming, but he is coming as he promised. He said he would. And so we just need to wait for him. And he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Those who wait on the Lord will rejoice in his salvation. 26, uh, verse 8. We're Right now, again, we're just kind of picking some highlights here. 26, verse 8. Yea, in the way of thy judgments, O Lord, have we waited for thee. The desire of our soul is to thy name and to the remembrance of thee. With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my, remember the, uh, the Numbers 12, 6. How do you know there's a prophet among you? I, the Lord God, will, uh, speak, to, will speak to him in a vision and appear to him in a dream, right? So, here we are, you know, with my soul have I desired thee in the night, hoping that I will have that great glorious experience of seeing you, God, in a dream. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early, for when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. 19. Thy dead men shall live. Together with my dead body shall they arise. Again, a prophecy, right? Prophecy fulfilled. What does the Gospels say happened when Jesus died and rose from the dead, right? That, there were many saints who had been dead, who also rose from the dead, came into the city of Jerusalem and appeared unto many. Literally fulfilled. By dead men shall live together with my dead body shall they arise. Awake and sing ye that dwell in dust, for thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead as they shall be re resurrected. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself as it were for a moment, until the indignation be overpassed. Now, we, uh, this again, one of these scriptures that's fulfilled multiple times throughout the, earth, uh, the history of the earth. We already had us in the early stages of the coronavirus, remember? They advised us to stay at home and, you know, shut the doors, right? 
and until we could start to develop the uh, you know vaccines and uh, as people started to gain immunity and you know all these sort of things right and in the last days there will yet be more opportunities where the uh, saints of god will have a period of time where they should enter into their chambers close the doors hide themselves for a moment until the indignation be overpassed for behold the lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity the true God, the real Jesus doing this, not the pretended one that people talk about who don't read the scriptures. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. And now we'll look at 27 verse 1. In that day the Lord with his sore and great and strong sword shall punish Leviathan, the piercing serpent, even Leviathan, that crooked serpent, and he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. Here's one of the couple of times where they do go ahead and translate Leviathan. We saw before in the prior lesson where King James translators often hide uh, references to Leviathan and, and so forth. And there's another uh, great monster. I don't remember his name right now, but they hide it. But here here they uh, you know admit it, and they tr go ahead and they translate it, right? Uh, now we move on to cha uh, chapter 28, verse 1 through 3. And a condemnation, again, of the great uh, wicked kingdom, the kingdom of northern Israel, the uh, kingdom of Ephraim. Ephraim was the major leading tribe there in Israel, and they were the wicked ones. Woe to the crown of pride, to the drunkards of Ephraim, whose glorious beauty as a fading flower, which are on the head of the fat valleys of them that are overcome with wine. You're just like, you just, you're, you're, you know, you're ugly now, right? You were beautiful before. You were spiritual before, right? But now you, you're, you have, you're a fading flower. You're, you look like a drunkard that's passed out, overcome with wine. Behold, the Lord hath a mighty and strong one, which as a tempest of hell and destroying storm, as a flood of mighty waters overflowing, shall cast down to the earth with the hand. The crown of pride, the drunkards of Ephraim, shall be trodden underfoot. But then we have the great prophecies throughout the scriptures that in the latter days they would become a powerful tribe once again. And they would be a, a good instruments in the hands of the Lord, along with the tribe of Manasseh, both coming out of the tribe of Joseph. To Joseph was given the keys of the restoration of the gospel and bringing the gospel in the last days uh, to spread it out through the world. Let's look now at seven through eight. But they also have erred through wine, right? You need to avoid wine. When people drink wine, they make errors of judgment. And through strong drink are out of the way. The priest, even the priest and the prophet have erred through strong drink, right? You're going to be a priest or prophet of God. You drink, uh, you know, wine and strong drink. You're going to make errors of judgment. They are swallowed up of wine. They are out of the way through strong drink. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. For all tables are full of vomit. All they do is throw up as they drink all this wine. And it makes it a filthy place so that there is no clean place. Verse 10. Now, this again, how revelation comes about, right? For revelation shall come about. For precept, 
A precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Second time. Line upon line, line upon line. Here a little and there a little. Right? God doesn't just at one time reveal the whole Bible. Right? And say, here it is. Here's the whole Bible. This this took, you know, thousands of years to write. It was the revelations given to many, many prophets over the years upon this line upon line, precept upon precept process of revelation. Now we get the restoration of the gospel here in chapter 29. Uh, let's look first at verse 4. And thou shalt be brought down and shall speak out of the ground, and thy speech shall be low out of the dust, and thy voice shall be as of one that hath a familiar spirit, out of the ground, and thy speech shall whisper out of the dust. So likewise, uh, Judah, you shall be destroyed here. Uh, but uh, it'll be some remnant uh, remaining. So likewise, the Nephite people will be destroyed, yet the Lamanites will still be, uh, you know, part of them that will be um, still surviving. That their speech shall be out of the ground, right? As the Book of Mormon came forth, they, as a speech out of the ground, right? The, the Moroni hit up the Book of Mormon in the 400s uh, A.D., and so is the speech being brought out of the dust and as one that hath a familiar spirit. Why? Because the Book of Mormon teaches the exact same things that the Bible teaches. Therefore, it has a familiar spirit. They are, as Ezekiel 37 talks about, to be one in God's hand, to join together and to the uh, taking away confusing doctrines and teaching God's glorious truth. Out of the ground, and thy speech shall whisper out of the dust. So literally the prophecy of Isaiah was fulfilled with the coming forth of the Book of Mormon in the 1830s. Verse 10. For the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep, and hath closed your eyes, the prophets and your rulers, the seers hath he covered. So again, testifying there was going to become an apostasy following the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that uh, be as though uh, the prophets and rulers had closed eyes. But there were no prophets or rulers of God for nearly 2,000 years. Verse 11. And the vision of all is becoming to you as the words of a book that is sealed. The Book of Mormon had a portion that was a sealed book, which man delivered to one that is learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I cannot, for it is sealed. Prophecy, and once again fulfilled. When Martin Harris took a copy of these characters said to uh, Charles Anton, a great uh, professor at one of the leading universities on the East Coast of the United States, and uh, when he said that it was uh, a sealed book, literally fulfillment here, he said he could not read it, for it's a sealed book, right? So I pray thee, and he saith, I cannot, for it is sealed. And then in um, verse 13, Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips to honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of man. What did Jesus Christ say to the prophet Joseph Smith in the, during the first vision in which they, they the father and the son appeared to Joseph Smith 
Joseph Smith asked, which of all these churches are true? God said, Jesus said on twice, right? Join none of them, for they are all wrong. Their professors are corrupt. Their priests, their, their pastors, their uh, uh, religious theologians are all corrupt. That they, and then he quoted this verse of scripture, didn't he? That they draw near him with their mouth. They say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But their hearts were far from him, right? They were seeking their own glory, their own fame, their own riches by preaching the word of God. He says, but with their lips do honor me, but I've removed their heart far from me. He says, because of this. Therefore, I will proceed to do a marvelous work and a wonder, the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent man shall be hid. Right? Shall be hid. Here's this uh, 14-year-old boy, and uneducated and unlearned, going to bring forth, through tra- the process of translation, the Book of Mormon, something that, no leading theologian even today can produce. Uh, he brought forth the, uh, received the, uh, uh, the revelations in the book of the Doctrine and Covenants. Again, something no learned theologian, the top of the best theologians in the world, still cannot produce their own uh, copy of the Doctrine and Covenants with a whole book of revelations that are consistent with one another without any contradiction. So indeed, therefore, the wisdom of their wise men shall perish at this restoration, and to understand their prudent man shall be hid. 18 through 19. And in that day shall the death, the spiritual death, those who didn't who were not spiritually attuned, those who didn't who didn't have the truth of the gospel, the spiritually deaf, shall hear the words of the book. And the eyes of the blind, the spiritually blind, shall see out of this darkness of apostasy that they that the false Christian church was in, and now they see out of this darkness unto the light of the true gospel of Jesus Christ, true Christianity, as restored here in the latter days by God the Father and His Son Jesus Christ through modern day living prophets seers, revelators, and apostles of God. Uh, Verse uh, 19, the meek also shall increase their joy in the Lord, and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. Who listens to the gospel, (laughs) right? It's the poor, right? Usually it's the poor, right? You can't, it's hard to get rich people to, to hear the gospel. Every now and then, yes, there's exceptions. But for the most part, when the missionaries go forward, who are they able to baptize? Are they able to, to, to have much luck with the rich that are living in mansions? Or or do they, is it hard for them to get any appointment at all to talk to those kinds of people, right? It's the poor, right? And then the idea here was the church. You bring them in the poor because they're the ones willing to hear the gospel. You then help to educate them and teach them the importance of education and educating their children so that then the future generations will become intelligent, will become educated, and then they can turn over and become leaders of the church. Glorious program, missionary program that we have. Uh, verse 24. 
They also that erred in spirit shall come to understanding, and they that murmur shall learn doctrine. They shall learn the true doctrine preached for the first time in 2,000 years, the pure doctrine, the true doctrine of Jesus Christ. Let's look at chapter 30. And we'll look at 8 through 23. Now go, write it before them in a table, and note it in a book, that it may be for the time to come forever and ever, that this is a rebellious people, lying children, so the kingdom of Judah, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, don't see, and to the prophets, don't prophesy, right? They say the same thing today, right, to the true religious leaders of God. Hey, don't don't prophesy. Don't teach us. We don't want to hear the gospel. Speak unto us. Just speak to us the smooth things. We want to hear about this Jesus who, who loves this sinful group that's committing these great, gross uh, uh, sins and, and this uh, sinful group that's committing abominations in his side and, oh, how he loves this other group that kills off, uh, you know, uh, uh, innocent uh, uh, children and so forth, right? He just loves, loves, loves all these things, the smooth things. That's what the world wants to hear, these smooth things, is Jesus just love, love, love. They don't want to hear about Jesus coming back, thrusting people with swords, trampling over them with a horse. Uh, you know, they don't want to, you know, hear those kinds of things, right? They want to just hear, oh, Jesus is love, 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 loves everybody, tolerates all evil, all sinfulness, all abominations, he, he, um, any attacks on the family, he just loves all these people. Love, love, love. Complete false Jesus doesn't exist, never did exist, doesn't exist now, never shall exist that Jesus Christ. As much as they want to dream or imagine such, a, such false uh, ideas in their head. Get ye out of the way and turn ye outside of the path. Because the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. We don't want to hear of Jesus Christ. We don't want to have Bibles in the schools. We don't want to hear about public prayer. Get up, get rid of them, right? Wherefore thus saith the Holy One of Israel, because you despise this word of God and trust in oppression and perverseness, perverseness, right? Immorality and in uh, the uh, killing of innocent children. And uh, he says, and stay thereon. Therefore, this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall, swelling out in a high wall whose breaking cometh suddenly at an instant, and he shall break it as the breaking of a potter's vessel that is broken in pieces he shall not spare, so that there shall not be found in the bursting of it as sure to take fire from the earth or to take water withal out of the pit. For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, and returning and rest ye shall be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be his strength, and ye would not. But ye say, no, for we will flee upon horses, and we will just flee. We want to get out of the, we want to get away from the missionaries. We want to get away from the prophets and apostles. We want to get away. We want to just run. And uh, 18, and therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you. And therefore will he be exalted, and may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for him. Those who wait on the Lord could try to be faithful to their covenants they made with him. They shall be blessed. 
for the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. Thou shalt weep no more. He will be very gracious unto thee at the voice that I cry. When he shall hear it, he will answer thee. Remember, he kept saying to the wicked in the Old Testament, in the day of trouble, you pray to me, I will not hear you. I, I gave you the opportunity. You refused me. You rejected my word. I will not hear you. To the righteous, he says, I will hear you. And though the Lord give you the breath of adversity and the water of affliction, we all have to go through this life of adversity and affliction, yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner anymore, right? You don't need to seek so hard to find true gospel preachers of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. But then I shall see thy teachers. They shall be everywhere as the gospel continues to grow. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left, the Holy Ghost will speak to their heart and tell them, this is the way, this is the path of God, this is the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, he says here, then you'll, in verse 22, you shall defile also the covering of thy graven images, your abominable Christian creeds, that Jesus Christ, the first word Jesus Christ spoke in nearly 2,000 years was to the prophet Joseph Smith. He said that their false ideas, their false teachings, and their creeds are an abomination in his eyes. That's the very first thing that Jesus Christ said after being silent and from speaking to people there for 2,000 years. Right? So you shall reject these false Christian creeds and accept the true gospel of Jesus Christ, true Christianity. And you, you shall cast away these false ideas, these false images, these false creeds as a menstruous cloth. Thou shalt say unto it, get the hands, get this menstruous cloth out of my way. Then shall he give, then the blessings of God will pour out upon you. Then shall he give the rain of thy seed, that thou shalt sow the ground withal, and the bread of the increase of the earth, and it shall be fat and plenteous. And that day shall thy cattle feed in large pastures. Okay, now we'll look at the final chapter today, Isaiah 35. And 3 through 10. Strengthen ye the weak hands, and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. He, he will come. He's coming for you to save you while he destroys the others. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert, and the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water in the habitation of dragons where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes, and a highway shall be there in a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those the wayfaring man, though fools, shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found therein, but the redeemed shall walk there. 
and the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sight shall flee away. What a wonderful lesson once again we have in this great uh, book of scripture and especially in the particular book of the book of Isaiah as Isaiah continues to teach and testify of Jesus Christ. He continues to teach and testify of the apostasy of the Christian church. He continues to teach of the restoration of true Christianity upon the earth in the latter days in preparation for Jesus Christ to come forward from the clouds in all his glory and majesty to reign as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And so for those of you who are not yet members of his covenant people, not yet members of true Christianity, we extend you an invitation. Look in the description of this video, you'll see a link. Click on that link, you will be able to contact the missionaries. Let them know you're ready and willing to take upon yourselves now the name of Jesus Christ, to become a member of his church, to become a true Christian, becoming a true a member of the true Christianity. The restored gospel has been fulfilled, for, foretold and prophesied by all the holy prophets since the world began in these holy scriptures. Then God will do what he just promised, won't he? And you will be a ransomed person of the Lord. You shall return to God's presence. You will come to Zion with singing songs for the prayer of a righteous is a is a for the the song of a righteous is a prayer unto God, and He has promised to answer it with the blessing upon their heads, and you shall have everlasting joy upon your heads, not just for a few minutes, for a day, for a week, but forever and ever and ever, and they shall obtain joy and gladness, and you shall have no more sorrow. No more pain. We saw earlier Jesus will wipe the tears from your eyes. Just click on that link. Make that commitment to the Lord God, and he will bless you with those blessings. For those of you who found inactivity in the church, those same blessings are promised to you if you come back. Come back unto the Lord, and he will come back to you. Seek him diligently, and you shall find him once again. He will bless you with this joy and happiness that he has promised consistently in the scriptures. He will also wipe away your tears. You shall have no more sorrow, no more pain, for these things shall be done away with. I testify that God lives. He desires to bless you if you will just do these simple things we continue to discuss in these lessons. It's my joy and pleasure to come into your houses, your homes, on the bus station, on the train station, wherever you're hearing these messages, and to be able to teach and testify of him, of whom I love, the Lord Jesus Christ, of him I witness this day. I ask God to pour out his blessings upon you, that you shall have food to eat, safe shelter overhead, that he will bless you with the basic financial resources you need to carry out his will in your own life and your mission upon the earth to be an instrument in the hands of the Lord God to help many people throughout your life in the service to God. For as you are in the service of your fellow men, you're really in the service of your God. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.